in the name of the Creator, to Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Welcome to virtual worship at Mayflower Congregational Church. I'm Jonathan White, the interim pastor, and I'm joined this morning by Scott Bosher, Pat McGuire, Dr. Julia Brown, and our special guest this morning, our moderator, Jim Rogers. The Reverend Ruth Bell Olson is away this weekend, and Jim, since you're here this morning, I would like to invite you forward to say a few words to the congregation about the search and what the council's up to. Thank you, Jonathan. Good morning. I'm Jim Rogers, this year's moderator. I'm pleased to give a brief update on a few important items this morning. First, the Pastoral Search Committee has nearly 100 survey responses to read and consider. Thank you very much for taking the time to give your thoughtful input on what we desire in the next senior pastor at Mayflower. Your voice is very important, and if you have not had a chance to complete and send in a survey, please look for it in the Mayflower e-bulletin and watch for a postcard in the mail. Your input has no expiration date. The search committee wants to hear from all of you. Secondly, church council will be reconvening this month uh, virtually, of course. We look forward to the day when we can safely and confidently meet again in person, but until that time... We will consider, or continue to do our best to stay connected and complete the important work necessary to keep Mayflower thriving. Now, the Council will provide updates on our work throughout the year. Well, speaking of staying connected, we all know how easy it is these days to feel, well, anything but connected. So if you are not feeling fully informed on the many great things that are still taking place at Mayflower, please let us know. Give a call to the office. Keep an eye out for your e-bulletins, mailings, and announcements like this on Sundays. Finally, if you are like me, you're wondering when we're all going to be able to gather again live in person share a cup of coffee after service, maybe a cookie, maybe two. Well, when are things going to get back to normal? I think that's a question we all have on our minds, and the the primary consideration is everyone's safety. There are ways to minimize risk, certainly, but having large gatherings in closed spaces at this particular time is just beyond Mayflower's risk tolerance, given the potentially devastating consequences. So a task force has been put in place, a COVID task force specifically, to advise on decisions like reopening the church for in-person services and weddings, preschool comings and goings, general access to the building. So many great things are still happening at Mayflower. No pandemic can keep us down. We all share the same desire to get back to normal. Please trust that we are looking for the opportunity to reopen Mayflower safely. And in the meantime, we will all do the best we can to stay connected. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. What you don't see on Sunday mornings, um, the script we write, the rehearsal that we put in so that we move to the camera, we try to do everything we can to make the experience real, but I couldn't really rehearse this one. This week, Jason Curry passed away unexpectedly. Our hearts go out to the Currys. I have tears in my eyes for Bill. Jan lost her father just a few months ago. Then Jan passed away. And now Jason has died. I know you join me in prayer and in sorrow and sympathy. The Currys have done so much for this church. Bill has been such a friend to so many. 
a dear friend to me. And we mourn Jason's passing. Will you join me, please, in a moment of silent prayer? Amen. Life is so precious. We need to celebrate it while we're here. And as Jim said, I can't wait until we're back in this holy place together, celebrating together. Our youth are sponsoring a car wash this Saturday from 12 to 2 with the Sudanese Grace Episcopal Church. The funds raised will go to pay for a playground. Grace Episcopal purchased Wallen Congregational Church, and they're worshiping there now. The funds will be used to help enhance the old congregational church and provide a safe place for the kids to play. The suggested donation is $10. As always, we have a lot of resources for you. Uh, They're on our website. You can also follow us on the YouTube channel. You can check us on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also listen to the sermons on the Mayflower podcast. Today we're ending a series called Who Do You Say I Am? A series that is focused on the nature of Christ. Next week, Ruth and I will begin uh, our new year kicking off with the end of the Pentecost season emphasizing the Gospel of Matthew. I would also say at the end of the service, we will have a special drive-by confirmation service where we will give the confirmands from last year their Bibles. And now, wherever you are, if you're seated in your living room watching on a big screen TV, looking at a pad or your computer, whatever you're doing, however you're celebrating, we invite you to come and join us in this holy virtual space, a space where heaven and earth are joined together. Come. It's Sunday morning, and it's time for church. As we prepare our spirits for worship time together, please join me in the call to worship. Come, all you who are happy, laughing, and singing in joy. Come, all you who are struggling, weary, and lost. Come, all you who are settled in your faith. Come, all you who are doubting and searching for meaning. Come, all you who are crippled by pain and suffering. Come to worship a God who heals your pain. Come to worship a God who gives forgiveness. Let us worship God who sets us free and gives us new life.
pray. O God, who is greater than the most powerful forces in this world, enable us to be still and know that you are God. O Lord, who answers out of the whirlwind of everyday life, breathe in us your Holy Spirit to strengthen, comfort, and guide us in the midst of the storm. O still, small voice, speak to us this hour that we might become makers of your peace in our homes in our communities, in our world. We pray all this time in the name of the one who welcomed all to your realm, even those outside Israel. Amen. First scripture reading this morning is from Ezekiel, chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. Ezekiel, chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. So you, mortal, I have made a sentinel for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked ones, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways. The wicked shall die in their iniquity, but their blood I will require on your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from their ways, and they do not turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now you, mortal, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have said, Our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. Then how can we live? 
Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second scripture reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, Take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of the two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offenders refuse to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile or as a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three of you are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Holy One, open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, 
our minds that we may think and critically analyze, our hearts that we may be filled with compassion, and our hands so that when we leave our time of worship, we leave in service. This we ask in the name of the Christ. Amen. What is Matthew up to? What is he trying to get across? Matthew has been talking about inviting everyone. And today's passage is talking about exclusion. This is the way you throw somebody out of the church. Just what is he getting at in this passage? There are many among Christians who would like to exclude people. Many who set up strict orthodoxy. Many who say, my way or the highway. Many who just say, this is the only way you can believe. Folks, we're people of good news. We're evangelicals. Now, the term evangelical has been misused in America recently. Evangelical comes from a Greek root meaning good news. And there is good news in the gospel. There's good news in Ezekiel. There's good news in the church. It's not reserved for a particular political caste or people who believe in a particular way. Christians are evangelical. We have something good to say. We have something good to celebrate. We have something good to share. We're about including, not excluding. We see this in the passage from Ezekiel. The prophet is saying from the voice of the Lord, I don't desire to punish the wicked. My heart doesn't rejoice, says the Lord, when the wicked are punished. I don't want to see them die. What I want them to do is to be included. And the prophet says, using the voice of the Lord, if you don't help us include them, if you don't issue the invitation, the blood is on your hands. Is that a God who wants us to throw people out of the church? What's Matthew getting at? Well, this passage has an anachronism because there's no church. At this point in history, there is a Jesus movement. It's small, it's inside Judaism, and it's in the synagogue or at places where people worship outside the synagogue, and that's controversial uh, for the people of Israel at that point. Matthew is writing at a later time when a church has been established. But if we look at his literary technique and what he's doing, Matthew's issuing an invitation with this passage. Now think about the whole of Matthew. Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you peace. Matthew, who is inviting. Matthew, who has a sermon on the mount. Matthew, who asks us to build our house on a rock as he 
puts the stories of Jesus together in his literary and theological style. Matthew is issuing invitations. He's not about excluding. You may remember a few weeks ago when Ruth preached that wonderful sermon about the Canaanite woman as she is following Jesus and she's crying out, begging him to stop. The disciples are trying to silence her. She's not an Israelite. She is not one of the chosen. She is outside the circle. In exasperation, Jesus finally turns and says, What do you want? Is that the Jesus we know? Ruth said no. Matthew's a great writer. Matthew is using that story to tell us something. To tell us something about invitations. What do you want? It's my daughter. She's possessed. And Jesus says, it's not right to take the food from the table and feed it to the dogs. Is that the Jesus you know? Or is that Matthew's literary technique? The woman says, even dogs get the crumbs. And it's like Jesus says, Oh my, your faith has healed your daughter. No, you're not inside the circle. No, you're not an Israelite. No, you don't belong. And yet, here you are. Matthew's trying to tell us something. And a church is emerging at the time that Matthew is writing his gospel several decades after Jesus was crucified. What's Matthew trying to tell the church? When someone is in disagreement, when someone is not following the good news, when someone is not understanding this invitation that Jesus has given, go and talk to them. Just like Ezekiel said, God doesn't enjoy punishing people. And if that doesn't work, take a couple of people with you. And if the person still won't celebrate the good news, and leave them alone. Now, if you really want to feel excluded, most of us are excluded. Unless we're Jewish, we're Gentiles. And Matthew says, treat them like you would treat a Gentile. Well, what's that all about? It's about the same thing as the story with the Canaanite woman. How would you treat someone who's fallen outside the good news? You pray for them. You love them. You care for them. As a former police officer, I'm fully aware that sometimes you have to do something using force, but you use the minimum amount of force something that I know most police officers in the United States believe. You do what you can to care for the person. That's what the church does. That's what good news is. Now Matthew will come up with another passage where he talks about Judgment Day. And there will be sheep and goats. 
And people will say, Lord, we worshipped you. We did this for you. We did that for you. And Jesus will say, no, get away from me because you didn't do that. And there will be people who say, well, we didn't do any of this. And Jesus will say, yes, you did. Whatever you have done to the least of these, you've done unto me. So goats and sheep are separated. But the message of Matthew and the message of Ezekiel is don't be a goat. Come and join the flock. Come and celebrate the good news. And what is the good news as we end this series on who do you say I am? It is the universal Christ. It is the Christ that was present in the beginning with God. The Christ that is infused in all creation. The Christ that is part of all life. It is the Christ inside you. We get so mixed up, and the church is responsible for this with some of its teaching. We get so mixed up when we use the phrase Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus was fully engulfed with the Christ. Jesus was holy with the Christ. We believe that Jesus was God with the Christ. Fully human and fully divine. And that Christ is about salvation. That Christ is about invitation. That Christ is sentinel, go warn the wicked, stop being wicked, come to the party, come to the good news. That Christ is begging, arms wide open, ready to comfort your pain, ready to hold you. And that Christ is an invitation. Who do you say I am? Thomas Merton said, when we get past our egos, when we let all the things that don't matter go, when we get to a still point inside ourselves and see that we are divine, we have a spark of divinity. And that's the Christ in us. And we look out, not with the ego, not with our titles, not with our fancy robes and the pulpit and beautiful churches. When we look out from that still point, from that Christ inside us, what do we see? We see that spark of divinity in everybody else. We see why there's an invitation. Pastor Iris De Leon Hartshorn of the Mennonite Church summed it up like this. Christ is Jesus' honorary title. It acknowledges that Jesus was born with an all-encompassing consciousness. It's a consciousness of the omnipresent God in every aspect, every element of creation. How we read and understand this in Scripture is, is important. If we understand that Christ was present at creation, that Christ is the Logos, that Christ is the breath of Jesus, that Christ is that spark of divinity, we find 
that Christ becomes far more broad and complex. Christ is a cosmic presence, a presence presence in each one of us. Christ is calling us to salvation, and no one is forced. If you want to stay in hell, if you want to stay away from God, if you want to stay away from the love, if you want to stay away from that spirit of divinity, oh, what a tragedy. But all you have to do is turn. All you have to do is say, I want that spark of divinity. And friends, that is good news. That's who Christ is. And that's why we're evangelicals. In the name of God the Creator, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. As Jonathan mentioned in his opening words, this is where heaven and earth meet in this space. One of the things we're doing to remember that and to enhance that is to introduce some sung responses in our communion liturgy. So as I'm talking, if you don't have your... um, your elements, your juice, your bread, your crackers, whatever, now is a good time for you to go get them. And um, so that when we're here and we're ready for that communion time, uh, my hope is that you will join us in these new sung responses. They're written by William Matthias. He's a Welsh composer from the 20th century. Uh, You might know that name as the person who wrote an anthem for the wedding of uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana in 1981. He's written a lot more music, organ music, symphonies, instrumental music, a lot of anthems, and this communion setting. So there are three different settings, and they are printed, both the words and the music, in your order of worship today. And um, I invite you to sing with us as a way of more fully participating in the communion liturgy. Also, if you haven't had a chance to pick up a hymnal, I will continue distributing them. Anyone who would like to take one home, please get in touch with a church call or email And uh, we'll set up a time to get a hymnal to you. Uh, One of of our members who came to pick up a hymnal this week told me that she has a piano at home and that every week she plays, when, when I play the hymns on the organ, she's playing at home the piano. And that's a wonderful uh, image for me as I'm here. It's uh, just a way to make sure that I'm connecting with you and um, knowing that you're singing at home uh, is a way, as we're all separate, of, um, of being connected and knowing that all around the world others are home also singing these hymns that are a part of our tradition. Now is the time when we pause and reflect on the generosity of God and how we can respond in similar spirit. All we have comes from above. Help us to hold lightly onto our possessions and hold tightly onto the things that really matter, our love for God and our love for each other. As we prepare for today's offering, please know that there are many ways for you to give. 
you are welcome to mail a gift to the church or bring a gift to the locked box found under the portico. You are also encouraged to give online through the link in the email bulletin, our website link, or by texting the word GIVE to the number 616-344-6255, right from your phone. The ongoing ministry of Mayflower depends on all of our generosity. Thank you. Praise you, Lord, for your unending love and provision. Your care and concern for us is tremendous. We lift up our gifts, tithes, and offerings to you and pray that they are a blessing to our community and beyond as we seek to serve and worship you with all of our hearts. Amen.
We're anxiously awaiting the time when we all join together and we celebrate this Holy Supper, this communion, this Eucharist together. But in virtual worship, I invite you now to take your donut and coffee, a cookie and a glass of milk, bread and wine, or to symbolically participate because we are about to be lifted into the very realm of heaven. We're evangelicals. We're invited. Everyone with that spark, and that means everyone. Everyone is invited. So please join me now. We come to this table not because we are able, but because we are invited. We come to this table because the universal Christ has said, Come to me, all who are weak, all who are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens. We come to this table because Jesus himself has invited us. So, come from the east and come from the west. Come from the north and come from the south. Young or old, woman or man, Gentile or Jew, no more. Come! Come to the table and celebrate. Come to this feast. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. God, creator of the world, we give you thanks for the gift of stewardship and work. Deliver us in our various occupations from the service of self alone that we may in our trade or work, work in truth and beauty for the common good. God of justice, we pray for all workers that they would receive fair compensation and treatment for their labor. For those who seek work, provide jobs for both citizen and immigrant alike. For those who cannot work and the unemployed, provide sustenance. Make those who lead industry and the commerce of this country responsive to your perfect will. Build up our leaders and leaders in every country and give them a respect for all labor. Deliver us, Lord Jesus, from the evils of greed, sloth, and gluttony, that we may live lives of holiness. And Lord, as we celebrate this Holy Eucharist, we ask that you meet us where you are, and we give you thanks for this invitation. We give you thanks proclaiming the great mystery of faith,
Holy One, we ask you to send your Spirit on these gifts of bread and wine, wherever we are and however we're celebrating. Transform us, however we view this Eucharist. Transform us so that the elements become the body and blood of Jesus and we recognize the Christ within us and we come to serve. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, forever and ever. that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Ministering to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, with whatever element or symbol you are using. We share this bread. the same manner he took the cup and said this is the cup of the new covenant the cup of salvation poured out for many as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do so in remembrance of me come partake of the cup of salvation Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for the gift of this Eucharist, for the invitation that you send, for the love that you have for us. And we look forward to the time when we're back in this holy sanctuary and celebrating together. Until that time, we ask your blessing on doctors and nurses who serve 
on researchers who seek a cure, and on people who are ill or about to be ill. This we ask and celebrate in the name of Christ. Amen. Friends, after they were finished with that first Eucharist, they went out into the garden and sang a hymn. Either listen or raise your voices with Scott in a hymn of joy. Matthew Fox said, think of it like this, all creation is the ocean, and every small molecule of water is part of the ocean. That small molecule is part of you. We're not the ocean itself but we're part of the ocean. We are not God, but we're part of God. That's the good news. So, whether you're on top of the world or the world is on top of you, go with that knowledge and peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.